There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10 and branch microbiter. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran from Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And folks, we're covering, again, the escaped inmate from Texas, Gonzalo Lopez. And, you know, we it's this case is being covered over and over again. And there's, I think that there's a lot of misinformation as well as not a lot of information coming from the public information people. And I think that's where they are erring the most. It seems like they're holding things back, which makes the public even more suspicious that we want to hear about the investigation into whether or not this was an inside job. Because many people, many people out there, including many people from the public that live in Texas, believe it is. So it's been, this is day number nine. So why aren't we hearing something about the investigation? They have an inspector general that does a complete investigation. There were 15 other inmates on that bus when this incident occurred. What are the results of their interviews? Each and every one of them had to have been interviewed. What are the results of those interviews? You could tell us that. Instead, there's Robert Hurst. I call him the, um, <laughs> you know, he's instead of information, he's the minister of misinformation. And he actually takes an attitude when people ask him questions. It's, nat- it's natural for people to want to know what the hell's going on here. You know, questions. They fired shots at Gonzalo Lopez. Question. Have their weapons been inspected by the inspector general's office? What was the results of that inspection? Were they in fact fired? What was the ballistic test on the the shotgun fired at the rear tires of that bus? Were there shotgun pellets in, in fact hit that tire and blew those tires out? What were the what were the injuries, the stab injuries of of the the correction officer driving that bus? I want to know all of those things. How about the people that videotaped Gonzalo Lopez running across the field right after this occurred? Have they been interviewed? You don't know. Well, what do you know? And apparently, I'm asking this because apparently they have not been interviewed, neither by law enforcement or the inspector general's office. That does not give me great pause and great confidence in this investigation. Not at all, you know. How many people have you interviewed in that five-mile perimeter that you said, there's no way he got outside that perimeter? Now it seems that things are changing, and they're changing up. Uh, Jane Jane in the chat, just the the new info really is that, the only real new info is that they've expanded the search. They're finally admitting that he potentially could have gotten out of that five-mile self-enforced perimeter that they're talking about. 
that's the only real information, the new information. What I'm saying is that they should release more information, especially in regards to the investigation, because people don't trust what's coming out right now. Uh, Brad R., the bus was set up prior to it leaving. Someone left a shank in the bus and weakened the steel gate on the bus. Where do they park these buses? You know, Brad, that is an extremely good possibility. And again, in prison yards and where they park buses, are, isn't there video all over the place? One of the biggest snafus of this is that this bus transporting 16 high-risk prison inmates had no video on it. I find that outrageous, outrageous. And was that done purposely? Could Is that part of the potential inside job? I'm sorry I'm pointing fingers, but I until these questions are answered, this is scary. This is scary. These are not kindergarten students they're transporting on this bus, singing the wheels on the bus go round and round. These are 16 high-level, some of them murderers, being transported to different appointments. And then when, when the news wants transparency, this guy, Robert Hulse, he gets annoyed with them. He gets annoyed that they're even asking him questions. And he regurgitates the same nonsense over and over again. Every single night, someone from the Office of Public Administration, public information, should be going on national television and talking about the results of this investigation, the results, what are they doing in this search? What have they expanded to? Why did they expand this search? Are you admitting now that this inmate got outside that five-mile perimeter that you've insisted for seven days? We're pretty confident he's there. He keeps talking about how confident they are that they're going to catch this guy. Where is that confidence coming from? Then Let us know that because people that live in this area are not that confident. They're not that confident in the work you're doing. Uh, Joe Maff, people think you will go to Mexico, but if I were on the run, I'd go north to beautiful Canada. Look, we can conjecture uh, where he would go or where he has gone, but we don't know. We don't know, and, and no one knows. Uh, Ash Patel, I have first account on how things are done here in the area. They keep things tight to the vest, but you know something? And an escaped inmate, they need to use the public's eyes and ears. And keeping this close to the vest is not going to help them catch this guy, all right? But the investigation, uh, they must know right now what happened. Was something fugazi? I'm going to use that New York word again. Was something fugazi in this? Because it seems to everyone else, everyone look on the outside looking in is like, wait a minute. How did this guy get a knife onto the bus? Uh, I just, I find it just, just outrageous, just totally outrageous. This, this picture here, and I, I wish I had the expanded version right now because they, they have a picture of him and it appears that he's got a cell phone in his left pocket of his prison in, uh, inmate shirt. And, and I was like, whoa, what is that in his pocket? But no one's answered that question. I don't have the picture right now. But there are so many, so many, so many questions that we need answered. We need to have answered because especially the folks that live in that area of Texas, you know, I know you guys are locked and loaded and ready to go. And the Second Amendment is you. And uh, you're not going to have this killer 
hurt anyone in your family. You're, you're strapped and you're ready. And that's what you should be because you cannot count on these folks helping you out. You really cannot count on them because they're not going to be there when you need them. And, and that's pretty evident. Let me play a little bit of this news reporter. She's been on this case from pretty much the beginning. Let's see what she has to say. In Leon County here for KAGS News, we are now on day nine in the search for escaped Texas inmate Gonzalo Lopez, who has been on the run since last Thursday. And I'm still here right behind me. It's Highway 7, which is still blocked off just outside of Centerville as police continue to comb through the area on foot with canine units, 300 plus police and more to find Lopez. And earlier today, authorities said despite some severe weather coming to this weekend to Leon County, they are not going to call off this search just because because of the rain, they said. They said they are going to continue searching through the area and will have equipment that will prepare them to keep going through the search for Lopez, thanking a Walmart in Tyler, Texas, for supplying them with over 5,000 ponchos, which is why they're confident they are not going to stop no matter if it's rain or shine. They said they're going to continue to find Lopez until he is back in custody. We'll keep you updated on the latest developments as authorities will be briefing us shortly. Sarah Wilson in Leon County for KAGS News. Oh, it's going to rain, so they're worried that they may get wet, and they're thankful for the ponchos they're being given. You bet your ass you better keep searching for this guy. This is no joke. You don't stop because it rains. I mean, come on. It's like you cannot make this stuff up, you know. And I want to just put a little bit more of this, the uh, minister of misinformation here on the screen, because this guy really needs to uh, to practice being a little more humble and uh, practice being a little more transparent with the public and with the press. have folks from the Office of Inspector General, along with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, along with other law enforcement agencies looking for him in other areas besides Leon County. This is a new phase of the search. First says people in Leon County can... All right, folks, that's the first time they are admitting to the fact that they're going to expand the search outside of Leon County. Before that, this ad, uh, this admission, they were resolute that he was in this five mile an area. We have information. I guess they don't have information because now they've expanded the search. Resume their normal lives, but emphasizes the residents need to remain alert. Anybody that lives here in Leon County that's been impacted by this search, they should go ahead and consider that they can go back to their normal routine. But again, if they feel uncomfortable in anything on their property that they don't feel comfortable with, contact the local law enforcement, let them deal with it. That's what they're here for. Hurst says Highway 7 is now open to motorists. As you see, the roadblock is now down. Highway 7 is back open to traffic going up and down eastbound and westbound. Law enforcement continues to urge the public to stay alert and stay vigilant. If you see anything suspicious, please call 911 or your local authorities. So, again, no new news. Stay vigilant. You know, we're going to open up the highway. Why are you opening up the highway? I, I guess you're admitting now that he's not in this area. He's not around. So maybe that's why you're going to open up the highway. So why don't you be more transparent in what you're telling people? Uh, Marilyn Mineta, um, Bill, is it true that longer a criminal is at large, the harder it is to find them? Yeah, because obviously what he's doing now is working. Is he laid up in some house? Is he waiting, waiting this out? Or is he already so far out of this area 
that they're not even close to where he is, and he's he's gotten away. That could be. But one of the things we keep saying is that you must, in a ma major search like this, you must enlist the public. And how do you do that? You do it through national media. You put his picture on television 24-7. You have this public information man, Robert Hurst. He doesn't go home at night. He goes on every damn TV station and fills in and updates what they have. There's been no real update. What is going on with the investigation? What have you learned? How did he get that knife? You don't know. All he says, the Department of Inspector General's Office is doing the investigation. What are their results? They've had eight days. What are some of the things they found out? What were, were the results of the interview of these 15 other inmates on this bus? What have they told you? Are they telling the same story as these two correction officers? Has that police officer that pulled up on the scene with his radio car and was just staring into the field, has he been interviewed? What did he say? What did he see? What, was it, what were his actions? Why did he do what he did? These are some of the questions we want answered. But as of yet, we haven't had a damn, any, any you know, he, he gets very uptight, this guy, Robert Hurst. He gets very almost insulted when people ask him questions. So I'm going to play again. The other day, Ashley Banfield asked some amazing questions. And these are the questions that we want answered. And they haven't been answered. And so I'm going to play this again. Because that in itself tells you how dangerous and desperate he is. Number one, he somehow had a shank in the bus, the prison bus. Number two, he somehow got out of his cuffs on the prison bus. Number three, he somehow used that shank to cut open a hole in the divider between him and the driver. And number four, he somehow got through that hole with a deputy in the back who had a shotgun unnoticed and then stabbed the driver in the chest and the hand and from there uh the ensuing uh fight allowed him to get that bus and crash it and run joining me now is callahan walsh who along with his dad john walsh is so folks does anyone find all those points that ashley banfield just brought up does anyone else find that suspicious oh you do you do he got a knife on the bus right he was able to get out of his cuffs and shackles, point number two. He was able to dig underneath that gate to get to the driver of the bus. Are you believing that? I don't believe that happened. That was done before he got on the damn bus, and maybe he just lifted it up. There's no way he stood there like he was a construction worker and started digging through a steel cage with whatever device he had. Four, he attacks the bus driver with a knife who's fully strapped, has a gun, and he gets the better of the bus driver and steals the bus. And there's an armed correction officer in the back of the bus with a shotgun. Five different points. Is anyone else worried about this stuff? Does anyone else think that all of that stuff is a bit suspicious? So why does the Inspector General of Corrections start letting the public know some of the results of their investigation. They don't have to let them know the entire investigation. How about the results of interviews? Are the results of the interviews confirming what the, the two COs said? Are they? What about the interview of the police officer on the scene? 
What did he see? What were his actions? I think maybe the public should know that. I think maybe, you know, I think that it's uh, the Tommy Bernard podcast, just another day in Texas, the politicians want to be part of Mexico more than America. Well, I don't know about that, but this is this is a dangerous thing when you have uh, an inmate serving life escape uh, on a bus going to a, a medical appointment with 15 other high-risk inmates. Only two correction officers, no chase car, no chase car following that bus, no video camera watching what's going on that bus. Come on, forget about it, as they say in Brooklyn. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to sell that to the public, that that's what happened? Uh, Charlie Wen, what I'm saying is potentially this is an inside job. Yes, I am saying that. I don't know what happened here, but I'm saying potentially this is an inside job. And it has to be till we find out the results of the investigation. I'm suspicious. And if you're sitting here listening to this and you're not suspicious, then you're in the wrong place. This is ridiculous. I-C-U-E-R-R-N. Bill, I'm a Texas resident about 152 hours away from this. Who do I call to complain? Thank you for your service. You know something? That's a good question. I'd call my local congressman. This is ridiculous. What are these guys doing? What happened here? What is the truth? Where's the transparency? There is no transparency here, you know? Sherilyn Schafter. Yeah, this guy's not, you know, He's not a pettit larcenist. He's not a grand larcenist. He's not a robber. He's a killer. He killed a guy with a pickaxe and shot at police officers. And they're, they're, they're transporting him like he's going to a sporting event, you know, and then he gets out of his cuffs. He's got a knife. Come on. This is ridiculous. And folks, as I said, yeah, I, look, out of my 27-year police career, 16 were in investigations, robbery, uh, robbery, grand larceny, rape violent crime, my last 10, homicide. So I'm very suspicious, and I know the power of investigation. And you can find out the truth very easily when you have good investigators, but you have to ask the correct questions. And the fact that we're not being, the questions aren't being answered, I find a little bit disturbing. Sandra Lawrence, he shouldn't have been transported that way. He has escaped before. 100%. 100% Sandra Lawrence. You're right. He should not have been transported that way. And again, where's the chase car? Two guys watching 16 inmates? Is that protocol? Is that the common procedure that this this prison uses? Then they better change it because they're putting the public at risk. Um, this prisoner seemed in good health. Why transport him to a medical visit? Well, look, all the people get medical visits. We all, you know, should even, we do preventive maintenance, right? Maybe that's what he was getting. I don't know the uh, essence of his medical procedure or he was, who he was going to see. Frank Marsha, Bill Lopez had help inside and outside that prison. Bill, comma, you mean. Bill Lopez had help inside and outside of that prison. I still don't know what procedures they follow in Texas in the Department of Corrections. I can't believe they transport an inmate like this. I cannot either. I think it's outrageous. I think it endangers the public. Esther Guillermo, all inside jobs. Was the bus inspected before inmate got on? I don't think so. You know something, Esther? You're right. Police procedure, corrections procedure 101, search the bus before anyone gets on it. Was that done? 
where is it documented? Where is it documented that, that it was done? Uh, um, Anne Lachance, you are the best of the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you like this show, please go on our YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. It's free. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. This is Real Crime Stories from a Police Perspective. And then if you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And if you want to be part of our YouTube family, you can see the folks in the green font that are in the uh, chat. They're part of our YouTube family. And um, we have five different levels in our YouTube family. So you could support us at the lowest level or the highest level, whatever you wish. But they're part of our family, and we really appreciate them. And uh, this the show is growing. Um, I'm not it's growing as fast as Duty Run, but we should be hitting 28,000 subscribers today. The next milestone is 30, and then hopefully we'll get that one show that blows us up and puts us in the stratosphere, you know? Um, Cha Lewen, what about the cell phone? I Cha Lewen, I noticed that too. I wish I could pull up that picture. I don't know what it was. Will Hurst comment on this? It really does look like a cell phone or something. I just saw the photo. Yeah, it does look like a cell phone. I want to know what the hell is that in his pocket? It's... uh. Is there a reason why the cops didn't chase after Gonzalo on foot? Yes, I think um, uh, John predicts. I think the reason is because they had 15 other inmates on the bus and they couldn't leave them to chase one inmate. And the other thing was, why, then you might say, well, why didn't one of them chase him? Because you should really never confront someone by yourself if possible. You should always have a partner with you because things can go bad really, really quickly. And that's why uh, a single one of them didn't chase him uh, by himself. So that for that they could have a they have a good excuse. But um, there's a lot of other things that I'm not comfortable with here. Uh, what do you guys? Someone's saying Bob Kennedy. Uh, John predicts. Um, what do we got here? Uh, I think that's probably of his point too. Could be in a Mexico. Me thinks. Um, Guys, you know, uh, Teresita Hills, thank you so much. We got a new member. Thank you for joining the Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. We really appreciate all our new members, all our new folks supporting this this effort to give us really good real crime stories. Trevor Stewart, wouldn't it be smarter to bring in doctors and dentists to a prison instead of transporting high-risk prisoners? Hi, Bill from Dublin, Ireland. Trevor, that makes a lot of sense. However, many prisons do this, you know, because not, I don't know if they have a prison doctor, but, you know, many prisons could have hundreds or thousands of inmates. So I guess they can't just have the prison doctor look at everything and maybe he's not a specialist in the area that this this person or persons need. Let's go back a little bit to um, Ashley Banfield. I really love Ashley Banfield. And she talks about this. She asks a lot of the questions that we all should be asking. She asked him just the other day, and I think it's really important. Co-host of Investigation Discoveries in Pursuit with John Walsh, streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. Callahan, you know, this guy, just the escape alone is unbelievably uh, frightening, just how desperate, dangerous, and ruthless he is. But then you go back to what he did. You know, the reason he was serving two life terms, uh, he kidnapped a guy and when he didn't get the ransom he wanted, he stabbed him with a pickaxe and killed him. Uh, And then he shot at a sheriff's deputy fully intending to kill him. 
Uh, this is about as dangerous as they come because when they're desperate like this, anybody who gets in their way or anybody who can serve their purpose is expendable. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen what this guy's been capable of in the past. We've seen what he did just recently to, to escape. And we know he has no intentions of going back to prison. So anybody out there that gets in this guy's way, for sure, he will harm them to get away, to keep eluding law enforcement, to stay on the run. You know, I think it's a matter of time until he's caught. But this guy is a dangerous, dangerous individual until he is. And the public should be on the lookout. So look, you, you and your dad do this for a living um, and you've probably seen manhunts in Texas before. At this time of the year, I think the high today was like 96. How long can you really stay out there? He, he didn't have much, right? He had a white prison jumper. He had that shank, which I assume he probably still has and nothing else. So how long do you think he could feasibly stay out there and survive? Well, you know, it's interesting because while the uh, escape seems very premeditated, who knows if he had any idea where he was getting out at? And so did he have resources in the area? Did he know where he was going to make his escape and had anybody in that area waiting for him, providing him with those resources? Because if he didn't, it's going to be very difficult for him just to stay alive in that kind of heat. I mean, I know I'm in Florida right now and it's hot as heck here. And to be out there without any resources, without water um, in this heat, it's very difficult for any individual, especially if he's on foot trying to make his escape. You know, I know they're focusing in on this five mile radius area, but an individual can walk three to four miles per hour. So just a couple of hours, he's outside that area already if he is making that escape. But again, it'd be very difficult in that type of heat. Maybe that's why they're focusing on the area because they know he just can't get that far if he's really expending that much energy. So folks, don't forget this is day number nine, number nine. This is day number nine. So they finally admitted to the fact that they're going to look, um, they're going to look in other areas uh, because they're admitting now, oh, he could have gotten outside of this perimeter that we've insisted he's been in. We have information. We have him locked down. Is the, is, was it information or was it an assumption? that he was still in that area. Uh, I think it was more of an assumption. And one of the things that I would get a little nervous of too, if I lived in that area, as they scale back this search, what if he is in this five mile perimeter? They're scaling back the search. They're telling you, oh, now you're safe. Well, I thought you said that he was locked down in this area. How am I now safe? How is that, how is that happening? I want to bring on the man of the hour, the um, it's, it's sort of funny. I mean, we've been beating down on this guy too much, but the minister of misinformation, uh, Mr. Robert Hurst, let's hear what he has to say today because so much of what he said, I don't think people are buying it. You know, they're not buying what he's saying. The search continues for 46-year-old Gonzalo Lopez here in West Leon County. Want to give a physical description of him again while you're also showing his wanted poster. He is a Hispanic male, six feet tall, 190 pounds, bald. He's been missing since last Thursday, Thursday a week ago, when he escaped from a transport bus that was on its way from Gatesville to Huntsville uh, for him to go to a medical appointment. He is a very dangerous man. He is serving double life sentences for attempted capital murder and capital murder. 
Both of those cases from 2004 and 2005. The case in 2004, the attempted capital murder case, was when he shot at a police officer, a sheriff's deputy in Webb County. And then the case in uh, 2005 for the capital murder is when he kidnapped a man, demanded a ransom. The ransom was not paid. And when the ransom was not paid, he killed the man with a pickaxe. So he is a very dangerous man. If anybody knows where he is, please. You know, folks, that's what's been said for nine days. He's very dangerous man. Okay, we know that. We know that, Mr. Hurst. We know he's a very dangerous man. He was serving life, killed the guy with a pickaxe, shot at police officers. What else can you tell us? What can you tell us about the investigation of this case? You're repeating the same thing every single day, and people in the area, frankly, are not buying it. Please contact local law enforcement. Let the authorities deal with him. Do not try and deal with him yourself. He is someone who is very, very dangerous. Let me uh, go down a couple of things here uh, since we're going into the weekend. There's going to be a lot of folks traveling, and we need to stress that Highway 7 westbound out of Centerville. Uh, Stephen Mavridis, uh, he asked the question, Bill, can you give an insight from your perspective, if you were a TDC official, how would you conduct accountability for all involved? First of all, I would really investigate this. The investigation will find out where he is and will also find out, in my humble opinion, that this was an inside job. And that's going to get you the answer to where he may be. But to pretend that we're just searching and everything was good with this, the investigation is so, so important in this case. I want every I dotted and every T crossed. They should already have all of the interviews completed of all the 15 other inmates on the bus. The interviews of the two correction officers, the interview of the police officer on the scene, the folks that were, that were, drove by and have a video of this, they haven't even been interviewed. According to Duty Ron's show, they didn't. They don't even believe them. How do you not interview these people? That's part of this big investigation. The guns that were fired at them, I want them checked. Is there any ballistics in the bus, in the tires? In the, were there any spent shells? on the ground was there spent shotgun shells that's all part of the investigation the physical evidence i'm not satisfied that they've done a good investigation because we should be hearing about the results of it and we're hearing about nothing you know in the danamora investigation if you guys aren't um privy they they made a tv show called danamora i believe that was in 2017 and two new york state prison inmates um escaped they were both murderers they escaped from uh, Clinton Prison, upstate New York, near Dannemora, New York. That's why it was called Dannemora. And immediately, Governor Cuomo gets on television, starts saying, this was a brilliant escape. It rivals the greatest escapes from television. A few days later, he was eating his words. You got to wait for the investigation. These guys had help escaping. They had planned it for months and months and months, and they had an inside person in the prison Help them escape. I believe the same thing is going to be true here. But we need to know what happened with the investigation. If we don't know what occurred in this investigation, then it's like a dog chasing its tail. You need to get that out there. We need to be transparent. Listen, this is what happened. We found out that they had help. That's, I mean, the public would love to know that. The public would love to know that, okay, if he had help, 
then maybe this guy's long gone. He's got the Mexican mafia helping him. He's got prison officials or people that work in that prison helping him. Don't you think we should know that? We'll remain closed until Gonzalo Lopez is located. So if anybody's planning on traveling westbound or eastbound on Highway 7, either out of Centerville or coming into Centerville, they will not be able to do so because the Department of Public Safety has shut down Highway 7. It has been shut down during the duration of this search. It will continue to be shut down. So if you could please get the word out to anybody that is traveling, Highway 7 is not going to be available. Um, there's a lot of homeowners that might have or, you know, have a weekend home. Uh, they may not be here during the week. Uh, so if they're not here during the week and they're thinking that they might be going to their weekend getaway out here in western Leon County, please check with authorities to see if you can get into the area um, for your, your weekend plans. You may not be able to. And if for some reason you do have to get into that area, please check with the authorities here in Leon County to see if they can uh, give you access into that area. This is an, uh, a closed off area right now because of the perimeter that we've set up searching for Gonzalo Lopez. So want to stress that. We also want to stress again to the homeowners that do live in this area, please remain very vigilant. Keep an eye out for anything that might be suspicious on your property. If there's anything that you think is out of sorts, don't hesitate to contact the authorities. Let us know about it so that we can go out there and investigate and see if there's anything that might lead us to his capture. Got severe weather that's coming into this area or predicted to come into this area this weekend. Uh, we are making contingency plans right now for our officers out in the field. Um, one of the things that, that we're preparing for with the bad weather is obviously the proper clothing that they'll need to have, ponchos, rain gear, other things so that they can stay protected. We're not going to pull off of this search just because of bad weather. We'll continue searching for him, but there will be things that we'll have to do to, to make do because of the bad weather. I want to thank Walmart and Tyler. Walmart and Tyler has, has donated 5,000 ponchos for our officers out in the field. They didn't have to do that. We've got the resources at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, but the Walmart and Tyler has done that. We thank them very much for what they've done. Also, there have been numerous businesses in the area, again, that didn't have to do what they did. They've come forward with donations of food and water for our officers in the field. Again, we have the resources for this, but these uh, businesses in the area, they've taken it upon themselves to come forward with those donations. To you know, folks, one of the things that you've been asking me about the investigation, another part of the search and the investigation is they can get a schematic uh, and do a five-mile radius, radius of every single house or facility in that area. And they must knock on the doors, search every single one of them. It's painstaking. It's a lot of work. And they must keep great records of the date and time they did it so that they don't waste time and repeat work that they've already done. That's all part of the investigation. It's called a canvas. And it's exhaustive, but it's necessary, especially in this, because... You can be satisfied. Yes, we covered that area. We searched all of these homes. Chances are you searched the home and you went into the home and no, no one's there. He's obviously not there. I think that pretty much covers you saying he's not in this area any longer. Show their support for what the officers are doing out here in the field. We thank them very much for what they're doing. It shows that everybody's on the same page and everybody wants to get this man in custody. Again, I want to stress, 
$50,000 reward. There's a $50,000 reward for any information that's going to lead to his arrest and conviction. If anybody knows where Gonzalo Lopez is, do not hesitate to call, call your local law enforcement agency. Let them know. Let the authorities deal with it. Any questions? Are you familiar with um, TDCJ? I know they're possibly familiar with Jose Diaz, another escaped inmate who is also on the run for 11 years. Now, he was convicted of murder in the same year as Lopez. I wanted to know, is that possibly why we've seen TDCJ maybe change strategy and new efforts because he hasn't been caught yet and we hope, we're hoping that it's not a repeat of that, possibly? We're doing everything we can to get Lopez in custody. Obviously, we look back at previous cases where we've done investigations, we've done searches for a, an escaped inmate. So anything that's been done in the past, we always review what was done to make sure that what we're doing this time follows the proper protocol and that we can do what we can to get him in custody as quickly as possible. We always review things from the past. Every case is different. Every situation is different, but there might be something from the past time that we can learn and use it this time as well. So that's what's going on. Now, he was just recently added. Wait, hold on a minute. Hold on. Okay. I'm just kind of curious, you know, so um, some people, they are curious about how much this is actually costing um, as far as the investigation is going on. Like, how much of this costing them not only the uh, agency, but the other you know, PBCJ as well? I'll have to look in that get back to you. Now, Diaz, he was also just added to the... Wait, hold on. Hold on. Seems like these trucks lo love to drive by. Maybe this isn't a good location to hold these press conferences where he has these huge tractor trailers coming by every few minutes and drowning out what every, every single person says. Now, Diaz, he was also just added to the 15 most wanted fugitives list by TDCJ. Could we possibly see Lopez being added to that list or at what point would we consider him to be a fugitive? I believe Lopez is already on that list. I believe Lopez is already on the, the 10 most wanted list in Texas. Is that what you're asking? Yes, because I wasn't able to see Lopez on the list. I yeah, I believe he he's on already on there. I'll check on that for you. Uh, just a clarification for viewers. Um, how many days exactly officially is it um, that the hunt has been going? This now makes the eighth day. It was Thursday a week ago. So if you count, you know, if you count, we're, we're, this would be the eighth day. Wait, I want to clarify that. I think it would be nine because... Thursday, if, we if you're counting Sunday, 20, Sunday, if, be seven, if, but then it would be eight yesterday, so today would kind of be nine. And yeah, if you're counting weekend, 24 hours, yeah. Yeah. Um, what motivation would you give to people that claim the reward amount is somewhat low, given that Diaz, the other murderer, his bond, his reward was at five pan, then only raised to 25 pan is still there. Also, in the midst of everyday costs rising like gas and food, what motivation would you give them with the bond, with the reward so low? The reward money is coming from the different agencies that are involved in this. That would be something that whoever's asking that question would, and I, I see you're looking at your phone there. I take it that's a Facebook question. You know, that's that's going to be something that would have to be addressed by the different agencies that are involved. It's $50,000 right now. That's still a lot of money. So $50,000 for any information that's going to lead to his arrest and conviction, that's still a lot of money. So, all right, that's what I've got for you right now. Uh, Hopefully we'll get this man in custody today and uh, we can all go back to some normal lifestyle going forward. So that's what they have on day number nine. They've uh, extended the search, but again, not much, not much new stuff at all. Um, 
I, as I said, I want to know what is going on in the investigation and no one's been able to penetrate his skin uh, to get him to talk about that. All he says, he basically, when people ask about the investigation, he says, Oh, the inspector general is doing that. I'm sure they've done a great, no, you're not sure because you don't know about it. You need to, you need to talk about it. And that's very important. Ash Patel, this was from the other day. Ash Patel, thank you so much for becoming a um, member of the uh, Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. Really appreciate it. Yes, I think, you know, there's no, uh, there's no real smoking gun information other than the fact that they've extended the search outside that five-mile perimeter into other counties. Do they have new information? What I keep harping upon this. What is the results of the investigation? Not You don't have to complete the entire investigation. What are the results of some of the questions we're asking? What are the results of the interviews of the other 15 inmates on that bus? What did you find out from them? What did you find out from reviewing video cameras where this bus is parked? What did you find out about Gonzalo Lopez being searched prior to getting on that bus? Was he searched? What was the results of that? What does he have in his pocket in that one picture that looks like a cell phone? I'd like to have that answered. We don't even know the answer to that. Um, it's just it's just crazy. Um, yeah, a proper investigation must uh, must be must be made here. And, and it's Andrew. It's it's right now though. We don't have the information. They're not putting the information out. Uh, Richard Williams, how in the hell did the guard in the back of the bus not see him cut through the cage and let him attack the driver? Something is fishy in this story. Well, that's what we've been saying the whole long. Something is rotten in Denmark, as they say, you know. Um, Alicia McKay, if you give the inmates on the bus an extra biscuit, they will confess to on and what went on. I think they'll talk even without giving them anything. I think that they, uh, although they could be afraid because this guy is allegedly a Mexican mafia member and that, that could trouble them. That could, they could fear that. Uh, Iris, Iris Hewlett, there must be co-conspirators involved. There's obviously, I think, look, I don't have concrete information, but I, I, my favorite expression, when it walks like a duck, when it quacks like a duck, when it, you know, swims like a duck, it's a duck. And this is, this doesn't look good. You know, it doesn't look good at all. Marlene Barone, the video cameras probably weren't working that day. There is, this is what will be said. Well, that's, that needs to be investigated too then, right? Uh, strategic services, they will never catch him unless they are very lucky. Um, born to run, like the name. Uh, this was planned for months. I have Elisa Gonzalez. I think it would put us at ease a bit if they gave us a little more information. But even then, if he's watching the news too, they probably wouldn't want him knowing what they were looking for him. Look, they're not worried about him watching the news. Getting thousands of eyes out there looking for him, that is more important than whether he's watching the news is going to thwart the investigation. I think, it, you know, that old expression, if you see something, say something. It's so important. And we saw that in the case of uh, Casey White, where the manager of the um, car wash 
saw something, said something, looked at the video, realized it was Casey White, and reported that. In this case, we should have the same amount of eyes and the same uh, type of diligence on this and utilize the media, which they weren't doing a good job of in this case. You have to utilize the media. Well, that was the other question I had. They've narrowed it down to a five-square-mile radius, but, I mean, isn't it possible he... He commandeered a car and he's got someone hostage and he used that car, maybe killed that person or maybe stole a car that someone hasn't noticed yet and got a lot farther away than this uh, this image. It's very possible. And we see that all the time. Folks, when you look at that image on the right part of the screen, that was taken by the cell phone camera of uh, the woman. I don't have a name right now. was driving with her son and said, that's the inmate running across the field. And then. Shortly thereafter, they see a police officer pull up and they're like, he's running across the field. They yelled to him, like, do something, you know, time in these type of escapes. They're trying to make uh, put as much distance between them and where they made that escape as possible. And getting a view their hands on a vehicle is the number one way to do that. And again, this guy is dangerous as all. And he will hurt and, and harm somebody to get into that vehicle. So it's all very likely if he's not in that five mile radius, it's because he's carjacked or he's been able to steal a car. So the reason they're focusing on that five mile radius area is really interesting to me. Either they have some insider knowledge that they know this guy is right there within that five miles but if that's the case why haven't they caught him yet why is it still taking that's what i say it it, and p.s they've got tracking dogs horseback uh they've got heat seeking technology they're using 300 different people from i think it's the the rangers the u.s marshals the the sheriff's office the local police from just about every division that does hunt you know uh people they they don't they're not lacking here in resources. And with a five mile radius, I would think you could have done one long line and walked it, you know, in a line. So I guess in that, my concern is who's in this five mile radius, what, what people uh, might live in this five mile radius from your knowledge of. of Vet girl, RW bus. Thank you so much for the 1999 super chat. Your question is, I would like to know if the doctor's appointment was urgent or scheduled ahead of time. Was that released yet? Please and thank you. I'm not. I'm not privy to that. I don't know if they released uh, uh, the story about his doctor's appointment. Was it an emergency? What it was for? That information, of course, vet girl RW. I'll try to find it out. But Robert Hurst, the public information guy, that's part of the investigation. That should be released. That should be out there. However, up until this point, it hasn't been. That's a very important question and a very important question to be answered. It's crazy that it's not, it hasn't even been broached yet. Of your business. Do the police go to those people and provide them with a, um, provide them with a guard, provide them with security? Well, unfortunately, there just aren't enough resources to do that. And I wish there was, you know, luckily Texas, and I say luckily can be taken this way or that way, but you know, there, it is a a state that's pretty easy to get yourself a a firearm. And so protection comes somewhat easily towards the public there. But, um, you know, the fact that this guy is in that area, anybody that lives in and around, um, that. There's a, a good, um, 305 Canepa. I was looking for you. Here you are. Um, 305. Um, Kane rep. I'm a correctional officer. This was an inside job. They need to put everyone involved under investigation. Lopez is definitely out of the state, maybe the country by now. 
BO5 Kane uh, Rep, I think I think that's your uh, screen name. You know something? My favorite expression, if, if it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, squawks like a duck, swims like a duck, it's a duck. And this looks a 100% like an inside job. And we got to consider that that's what it that was. Na- those neighborhoods should be on the, the highest alert because this guy will do anything that he can uh, to continue to stay out on the run. This guy's not going back to prison. And so... Uh, you know, the, the public there really has to stay on guard. And it'd be great if there was a law enforcement officer at every single one of those houses. But unfortunately, there's just not enough of them. You know, one of the uh, law enforcement officers told me they're going to wait him out because he's done it before. Uh, in that other instance where he uh, killed his hostage with a pickaxe because he didn't get the ransom and shot at a sheriff's deputy, he was also on the run. And they waited him out then and finally got him. And they say that they can do the same thing now, given the conditions, given the heat, given you know what's in those woods. Um, they think they can wait him out and, and catch him. In the meantime, I want to play a tape for you that was shot by a young man named Braxton, uh, who literally caught the immediate aftermath of the crash and Lopez ex- escaping take a look at this before we watch that i just want to frank maldonado if you go back and look at the confessions of la mano negra he mentions gonzalo and said he would kill the whole family collecting drug money for the sinaloa cartel he is very well connected with them that's another reason why we think uh frank that this is an inside job and we need to know the investigative part of this we want to know what are the results of the investigation so far. And that's important to everyone that's listening and following this case. What are the results of the interviews, the ballistic tests, uh, the results of finding out who potentially gave him the weapon to get on the bus? Who was on that bus right before Gonzalo Lopez got on it? You know, all of these questions are not answered, and this they need to be answered via investigation. Uh, uh, Bill Frank Marsha, Bill, every one of us on here who are or have been COs know this is an inside job. We know it is. Yes, and someone who's been a cop knows it's an inside job too. It's screaming inside job. So when this public relations guy, this minister of misinformation, starts feeding us this nonsense, it's really it's insulting. Um, Jonathan Booth, Laimi, they should be looking for released affiliates local to that area. Remember, most outgoing prison mail is not read. Usually only incoming mail scanned for drugs and coded words. You know, Jonathan Booth, many people don't know that prisoners, their mail as well as their calls are monitored. They don't, they're not the first person to read their mail. Uh, correction officials, I guess there must be a whole unit that reads prison, prisoner mail. The other thing is that um, incoming calls they and outgoing calls, they're monitored and they're recorded. So it's not like they can be on the phone, although I'm not naive, and I know in prisons these days, cell phones are probably smuggled in all the time. So that could potentially be a huge problem. There could have been a cell phone that was smuggled in. Andrew, the cartel had a car waiting for him. The officers must be investigated and guess this is Texas. Nothing will happen to the officers. You know, look, we can come up with a million scenarios. Could there have been a cartel vehicle waiting for him? 100%, but we got to work on facts. We can't just say that's what happened. We have to uh, know before we put it out there, uh, we have to know that it happened, just not conjecture. 
Yo, we saw the inmate. Oh my god. What the heck? Does he have a gun? Weapon? Oh crap! Oh, okay. He's in the woods. You hear that? They're just they're passing this police officer who I'll I'll put it back a little bit and we'll play it again. And this they yell to him, he's in the woods. Oh, okay. oh my god. I wonder if I wonder if the guy's okay. He's in the woods. Boom. He's in the woods. So I don't know. He's standing there. It seems posing for animal crackers. Not on the radio. Not calling for backup. Not calling for assistance. He seems like he's just standing. Dude, get on the radio. Let's get let's get the Marines here. You know. Let's get the National Guard here. You know. There's the bus, and he just ran from the bus into the woods. And uh, wait, I want to be on the news. Yes, uh, Braxton uh, is on the news uh, right now, and everybody else who's using this this clip of of his pretty remarkable that he was able to capture that. I still can't believe I'm looking at it, but I'm not seeing a phalanx of officers running after him with dogs or guns or. And here's the other thing. Amazing, right? There he is, right there, and uh, at least one of them, maybe, or two of them. One one could have stayed behind with the bus, and two of them could have chased him and caught the guy. But it doesn't seem that. Uh, that was happening. People might not understand um, because it's very political oftentimes. Legally, you can shoot a man like that in the back. And here's why. It's called a fleeing felon law. And that is that he has a shank, which is a deadly weapon, and he is fleeing into the public and poses a reasonable threat to others. I think we can all agree that that man is desperate. He has killed before. And that man now propose, uh, p- you know, possesses the ability to kill someone else. And that's why you can shoot someone like that in the back legally. Maybe they didn't because of the politics that surrounds that. But I was just shocked to see that he was just able to literally run away in the view of that kid and in the view of those officers. Quick question. Uh, what is the costly mistake? that a lot of these guys make, Callahan. I know you've seen them all, thousands of them. What do they do wrong that gets them caught? I think they don't, they underestimate the power of the public. You, you know, the eyes and ears of the public are everywhere. And um, and we harness the power of the public on our show. And you're doing that right now, uh, profiling this guy as well. I think they, they think, well, maybe if law enforcement uh, and, and that dies down, then uh, people are going to forget about this and I can kind of start making, uh, you know, coming up for air again. But, you know, if we stay vigilant, if we keep putting this guy's picture out there and keep covering this case, it's just a matter of time before somebody spots him. In this case, that little boy spot him. But and in the last case we saw with the whites that got away, um, you know, it was a member of the public as well, giving us that great tip. Law enforcement can't be everywhere. The public is that force multiplier. It's the eyes and ears, the boots on the ground, everywhere law enforcement can be, can't be. So I think this guy will slip up. He'll make it, you know, he'll pop his head up and somebody will spot him and he'll be captured. And there's $50,000 in it for you if you're the one who can do it. Uh, Callahan, you and your dad do great work. Thank you for being on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ashley. It was great to see you. Thank you for watching. So, you know, an important report there, you know, to show all of the things that they should be doing. That's really uh, disturbing and disheartening. Um, uh, Sherilyn Schaffner, 
Tipperman, who's the, the woman, said she had a Glock by her side. She would have shot him, but thought better about aiming at someone with his back to her. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, Miss Tipperman, I think it was probably smart to let the police and the correction officers take care of that. You're in a call with your son. You're not uh, physically threatened at that point. So uh, um, Dennis Lang, I don't know about Texas, but here in Illinois, where they transport that many inmates on a bus, there is a vehicle following them. You know something, uh, Dennis Lang? We spoke about the chase car numerous, numerous times. And that is a fact. You're right. Why was there not a chase car? That is baffling to us also, which goes back to the point, was this potentially an inside job? No chase car. Let's add that to the other things that are, you shake your head at and say, gee whiz, why wasn't this? In transport bus near Centerville last week. Yeah, it is now day six in the manhunt for Gonzalo Lopez, a convicted murderer. Our Matt Doherty caught up with search crews in Centerville tonight to find out if there's a chance Lopez is even still in the area. Matt? Authorities say they believe Gonzalo Lopez is still somewhere nearby. A source tells us that earlier today, officers found evidence they believe he left behind shortly after the bus crashed. We saw the inmate. Oh, my God. That small white speck trailing off into a field of green is believed to be him. 46-year-old prison inmate Gonzalo Lopez running away in his white TDCJ jumpsuit minutes after the prison bus crashed. He's in the woods. In the video, the driver shouts to an officer from a nearby police department responding to the crash, telling him what they'd just seen. He ran towards the house. You think? Yeah, somewhere near that house. So I was in that house might want to be careful. But almost six days later, the convicted killer for the cartel still hasn't been caught. If we didn't think he was out here, we wouldn't be out here looking. <laughs> Texas Department of Criminal Justice spokesman Robert Hurst says the perimeter of the search has been narrowed a small amount. It's now about five square miles. Hundreds of law enforcement officers are continuing the round-the-clock search effort. As Hearst says, they will stay here for as long as it takes to find him. There's nothing that's telling our investigators, the people that are searching this area, that he's not back there. So as long as they have got credible evidence, information, continuing to look for him, they're going to stay on the tracks and keep looking for him here in Leon County. From Centerville, I'm Matt Doherty, KH. So, folks, again, uh, you know something, they just, that this is why the investigative part of this case is just so, so damn important because the search part is not finding him. So the investigative part is so important to find out who's been visiting him in prison, who's been calling him in prison, any strange phone calls, any strange incidents, who's, who are his cellmates, what have they seen? You know, they can offer prison inmates some uh, deals if they tell them, if they talk to them. They can get them out of prison early. They can offer them those type of things. So they have leverage in order to get people to talk. But the investigation part of this is so, so, so important. Ivelisa Gonzalez, there was supposed to be three officers in that bus, and all the inmates in there were supposedly involved in higher crimes, a car following them. Would have been very smart to do, but this is Leon County. Yes, I believe that that should be correctional procedure. 
if they're cutting back, shame on them, you know. Uh, that detective, he's probably long gone from this area. Yeah, I, I agree. He probably is. Um, guidance in life with TLC. Mobile tech there is, and my ex is one, a six-foot-tall Mexican. Dwayne, uh, we do got to take into fact that most of these prison guards make chump change, so they could be prone to being lax on some things. Dwayne, I, uh, I agree with you 100%. Um, Andrew, but who is doing the investigation? Is it the attorney general's office? What experience they have in investigations? I believe every prison has an inspected general. It's almost like the police department has an internal affairs. And that's who I believe will be conducting this investigation. So, uh, you know, we should know a little bit more though about the investigation right now because they haven't released anything. And that's getting a little frustrating folks. If you need a great attorney in a New York city area, Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer, and he's an outstanding criminal defense attorney. In fact, he's so busy right now, but you know, you could still give him a call. His cell phone number is 718-514-3855. Or you can email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. His website is jmurray-law.com. He is an outstanding attorney, and he's a huge, huge supporter of Police Off the Cuff podcast. John Beatty Law, www.jbeattylaw.com. John Beatty is a renowned personal injury attorney. He's also retired as a decorated NYPD sergeant. John comes from a proud NYPD and FDNY family. He was an active sergeant in Brooklyn North and supervised in the legal bureau. John is a proud member of the Honor Legion and the Blue Knights. John Beatty litigates across the country for seriously injured victims has helped recover over $200 million for grieving families. Call John now for a free consultation. John Beatty, 917-797-9520. JohnBeattyLaw.com. So, folks, that's, uh, that's where we're at right now. You know, they've expanded the search area, which is a good thing because uh, previously they weren't admitting, uh, they weren't admitting to anything. They weren't admitting that. He got outside this search area. They were just saying, oh, we're going to stay with this search area. We have information. Well, the truth is they don't have information that he's in this search area. So that's one of the reasons they've expanded the search. Um, and so, and one of the things that we, of course, want to hear, but we want to hear a little more about the investigation. What is going on in the investigation? And we haven't heard that. Authorities are back in the fields as the search for Gonzalo Lopez hits week two. Today, they released a strategy change for the search. KX's Sarah Wilson has more. We are now on week two of the massive manhunt in Leon County for convicted murderer Gonzalo Lopez. Today, authorities changed their strategy up, but just a little bit, expanding past their perimeter. But it is going to shift just a little bit based upon some information that we've received and just doing everything we can to locate it. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice PIO Robert Hurst says he couldn't go into further detail, but officers were on foot all the way out to Interstate 45 headed towards Madisonville, still believing Lopez is here in the area. We are positive that we will find him 
and get him back into custody. Despite some severe weather coming to Leon County, which her says could put a pause on the search, but didn't confirm because he says rain or not, they are not stopping. In Lopez's last escape, he lasted nine days until authorities found him. With the current search being a day shy of that, we'll soon see if there will be a repeat of that search. It's a process, he says, as many on social media compare the search to a movie, thinking it's a speedy process. That's Hollywood. Hollywood and what happens in real life are two different things. Lopez is a dangerous man serving a life sentence, and authorities are urging people to call 911 if you spot him. Sarah Wilson, CAGS News. So, folks, uh, uh, Chopper, thank you for the $5 super chat. The spokesperson said there was nothing to suggest he wasn't out of the area of search. In nine days, he was giving nothing to suggest that they have a clue. Chopper, I th I totally agree with you. And one of the problems with that is that he's not being transparent. They know a lot of things that we don't know. But you need to release some of those things to the public so the public can help you. And if you keep lying to the public, which uh, that's a strong word, lie, but not being transparent. Let's use that word, that political word, transparent. You're not being transparent. You're not using all of the eyes and ears of the public to help you. And I think that's what they need to do in this case. They need all those potential people out there. If they see something, say something. That's what they need. Folks, thank you so much for uh, listening today. This is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. We're going to stay with this case. We come up with some new information. We'll come right back on the air. So far, it's it seems like he's outside this area. Uh, as I said, they really need to hunker down on the investigation part of this because I think therein lies the answer, the investigation as to where this murderer and uh, lifer in prison is now uh, fled to. Folks, I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great night. One episode, just ain't enough.